Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. One of the things that we need to talk about is what is happening around the world at universities. What has led to a celebration of the death of Jewish lives, a coldness to the kidnapping of children, the rape of women from students who are very worried about safe spaces, who, who, who attend lectures on microaggressions but seem to ignore the macro ones. We're going to be joined by Professor William Colbrenner. He's a professor of English at Barilan University. What has gone wrong in the liberal dialogue? Where has this, uh, where has this taken us and why? How have we landed up being in a situation where we see the, this type of dialogue becoming acceptable all in the name of, I don't know, left-wing liberal views? It makes, it, it, it makes absolutely no sense. This is the circle where left meets right where Nazis were the Socialist Party. It really makes no sense. Professor William Colbrenner, a very good morning to you. How are you? Good morning to you, Howard. You And, and to the answer, how am I? I, I, would, I just want to preface the interview. There, mm. there may be two sources of noise for us here. One is that we live very close to Charitzedek Hospital, and occasionally you'll hear ambulance helicopters coming from the south. And the other, on the very opposite side, is my daughter is getting married tonight, and, wow. and the, the young people in my family are, are already gathered in the house. So you may hear some celebratory or anticipatory noises. So that is absolutely there, and, it will be. and 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 so so. Well, obviously, it's important to get married, and life goes on, and and this mm-hmm. is the ultimate defiance when a young couple gets married and starts their lives in Israel. But it can't be easy. Mm. You know, having a planning quickly a wedding that was meant to be at a winery in a bomb shelter, um, it, 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 it's a paradigm shift. And it's, and it's tough for kids. It's tough for my daughter. But, you know, nobody does anything here unaware of the rest of the people of Israel. And I told her, and it's a big burden. I told her this about a week ago. You know, you're getting married for, for us, for you, for your family, for their family. But also for Klal Yisrael, because there will be all sorts of people, even though it will be a small wedding, there will be all sorts of people there. And as you said, it's it's an act not only of, of, of family defiance, it's community defiance. And I think that's really the very, very much the mood here in Israel at the moment. Absolutely remarkable. My daughter sent us, and I've told our listeners about it, she's at uh, Midrashat Harova, and there was a couple who were getting married and had no family, and the the students went down to celebrate it. She sent us footage of it. It, it, it was just remarkable, because it's these stories mm-hmm. that actually talk mm-hmm. to the resilience mm-hmm. and determination of a nation. I, I love that word, Howard, determination. And I would say on the other side of that, I live very close to Mount Herzl, Har Herzl here, where the military cemetery yeah. is. And regrettably, almost every time I return home from work from the center of town, there's something going on there, meaning a funeral. And one of the things that you see about Jewish mourning is exactly what you just said. Quiet determination. Yeah. 
mm. right? And you've never seen, like, you know, the, the announcement comes out that a lone soldier, a soldier with no family here who came to Israel on their own, uh, is being buried. And two, three, four thousand people show up. And there is that, you know, none of the, uh, the saber rattling or celebrations that we see from the other side, but quiet determination. Jewish people know how to mourn. We look back towards the past and we move forward. Absolutely. Let's talk about the the subject that we actually have been engaged in, which is uh, you're a professor mm. at at the university. You're involved with uh, with because you're you're an English lecturer, liberal arts. I would imagine. So this is. I mean, I, th- that was my undergrad as well. It's it's mm. it's it's the area that is most associated with this liberal left type of thinking, and it's great. And that's what I certainly was at university, but but we've we've seemed to have reached a point that liberalism actually has lost its way because we only value some lives, not all lives. Mm-hmm. How did we Listen, get here, Howard? Howard, it's it's such a good question, um, and I think people don't. They've forgotten what liberalism is. That the basic principles of liberalism are toleration, respect from the other, for the other, hearing other people's stories. And I think, I think, you know, it sounds like uh, your story is a little bit similar to mine. That, that is a, a really an experience of the betrayal of the mm, humanities. Mm. I went to Columbia University in the 80s. One of my teachers was the Palestinian nationalist Edward Said. What, what was happening even then, however, there was still enough confusion that there was not this consensus of orthodoxy, which now governs the humanities, certainly in America. And in many cases, it's the case also in Europe. And the center, the center of that humanities agenda is always going to be Israel-Palestine. You will never find a progressive in America who will not support Palestine. It's not that it's an optional part of the agenda. In fact, I'm sure you know, Howard, in America, there is, there was the Dyke March in 2017, mm. and then the Moshava food truck in Philadelphia. Mm. More recently, mm. the Dyke March was, um, no, no, no Jewish dykes allowed. They brought a Zionist flag over, which was a Star of David over a uh, rainbow flag. And, and that, that part of the intersectional is not permitted. Israeli style food was not permitted at the Philadelphia uh, Food Festival. Park your truck elsewhere. So it's not that we're an incidental exclusion. We are the basis, the the foundation for the progressive for the progressive agenda. We represent um, nationalism with Israel. We represent for them political fundamentalism. All of the anxieties that they have about the Western world, which they experience themselves, and I'm speaking again about the American context, they, they, they sublimate in relationship to Israel. What do I mean by sublimate? They, all of their anxieties that they should naturally feel about their own country, and I'm sure this is resonant for you mm, in South mm. Africa, they project, they project onto Israel. That's how we can feel bad about nationalism. That's how we can feel bad about racism. Even though they have no knowledge. I mean, you and I met each other on Twitter. I met somebody and he said, you know, uh, Israel is an apartheid state. And I said, you know, do you have evidence for this? I I teach, as you mentioned, at Bar-Ilan, I teach Muslims, Jews, and Christians, right? The hospital down my block is half-staffed by Arabs. It's, it's, but it's, and, and you see that this tweet that I mentioned, it's an article of faith. 
we do not have to even question it. We don't even need evidence. I posted a picture of an, a, an, a, a Druze Arab on a prayer mat and a, a, a Jew with tefillin, two Israeli soldiers next to one another. How do you process this given your narrative? And this is the frightening part, Howard. We've raised a generation of people who do not care about evidence. Now, you and I probably grew up saying, oh, you know, well, we can't always be sure of what facts are. Facts are socially constructed. But that has gone completely out of control now. So there is no, ba we, we, there is no evidence-based argument anymore. It's a difficult situation. So, I mean, the absurdity of it is when you talk about the gay community and those marches, mm -hmm. <laughs> Israel is, of course, one of the most, uh, certainly in the Middle East, would be an the, the most accepting of all lifestyles and choices. Go to Gaza as a gay person and see what uh, what what happens you, to you then. But but you still have these massive movements uh, who have, as you said, uh, you know this whole intersectional uh, creation where where these those facts don't seem to matter. It's it's is it a case of useful idiots or are they are they really deliberately deluding themselves? Well, first of all, for gay people, do not go actually to Gaza because, as Howard says, it will not end well. well you know, I yeah. think, I think, I, I think, I think Jews, especially in America, are going to be facing a sad choice. Um, Judith Butler, who is the the kind of um, guiding spirit of the humanities, just published something in the New York Review of Books, London Review of Books. She really can't condemn what happened. Let's find other languages than condemnation. Tal Nahasi Coates in the New Yorker. Um, great hero of the progressive left of many of the Jewish, Jewish progressives who read the New Yorker also mentions almost nothing about Israeli casualties, only the oppression of the Palestinian people. Jewish progressives are going to have to make a choice. They're going to actually have to choose this, the current style of anti-Semitism. And that's really all it is, Howard. This is a continuation of the Holocaust. It's just that the West has found a, a new tip to their sphere for anti-Semitism, and that's Islamic fundamentalism. So they either choose... Um, they're the, the stylish mm. anti-Semitism as anti-Zionism, where they remember their own people. And we're hoping very, very much, you know, just saying as an Israeli now, we need people's support. We need people to be part of this. Our country right now is, is so unified. And, and whether or not people in the, in the West help us, if they want to pontificate and think about philosophical issues, they can. But if they want to join us, we're ready. Well, well yeah, it, it's, well, I'm going to say it, it's a little bit further now than Zionist because there's a new word. There's a new word that I've certainly noticed and, well, it's not a new word, it's an old word, but, uh, but it's Hamas, one of the, the leaders of Hamas said, we didn't target mm. civilians, we targeted settlers. And and that, I think, is where we're going, because certainly as a white person in South Africa, when I'm attacked on, mm -hmm. on social media, mm -hmm. I'm a settler. And, and the fact mm -hmm. that Jews aren't always white and Jews aren't only from Europe, as, as perhaps uh, the narrative here would, would mm -hmm. like it to be, is irrelevant. We are now mm -hmm. settlers. So same as you can kill a settler in Israel because they're not real people, uh, 
You can kill a settler here mm-hmm. because they aren't real people either. So it's almost the uh, dehumanizing mm-hmm. strategy that the Nazis used by turning Jews into rodents and pests. And obviously, mm-hmm. you, at the end of it, logically, because it's all very perfectly logical, you have to exterminate your rodents and your pests because they don't bring any good. And and I'm seeing that. I'm seeing the word settler. I think Zionist uh, is is just a little bit confused. Not confusing. I think we've long lost mm-hmm. the word Zionism in terms of mm-hmm. anything positive. In fact, they are often referred to as the Zionist on 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 social media as though it's an insult, mm-hmm. not a compliment. So it does mm-hmm. get a little bit confusing mm-hmm. when I don't react accordingly. But settler, I mm-hmm. think, is going to be the, 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 this new expression. What do you think? Ethno-nationalist settler. Mm. I think exactly where we're going. I think that is going to be the Hamas strategy on social media. And when I say the Hamas strategy, I mean BDS. I mean all the people who support um, Hamas. They are very, very well organized. We are, what you and I, Howard, do on Twitter is minuscule in relationship to money and efforts that they put into it. And I think as Jews, we have to be aware of this and we have to, the only way we could really make ourselves strong is for us all to join together. Well, we've and, seen and, that, and, haven't we? And what, we are, we are seeing that. I mean, we've gone to arguing oh. about a machitza separation between men and women, uh, to yeah. uniting uh, for our survival. Oh, for sure. In Israel, that's the case. Uh, I mean, my reference points is the, the friends and some of the family that I have in America who are still kind of on the fence. And oh. if you're on the fence, you're, 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 you, you can't participate. And it's through the participation, really, that comes the recognition of the, of the unity that we need to overcome this as a people. Indeed. Indeed, we do. Carol Z says, could the word be scapegoat? Absolutely. And uh, the, the whole idea of the scapegoat, uh, uh, Lord, uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs speaks about that in, in, in one of his mm. books as well, how, how scapegoating works. It absolutely is, is uh, what that is, uh, Professor William Colbrenner. Thank you for this discussion and uh, wishing you congratulations, Mazel Tov, on the wedding tonight. I, uh, I hope that it is uh, everything that it needs to be.